So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. When I first started my copywriting business, I was quick to correct anyone who said that I was in marketing. Why? I just thought it had a bit of an odour about it, a bit of a whiff of hard sell, spammy, McSpammy pants, FOMO, manipulating stench. And that was before I realised I actually wanted all of my ideal clients to be smart, savvy businesswomen, and therefore I'd need to treat them that way. Be totally transparent, showcase the solutions for objections they had, and expect cleverness. That changed the way I wrote and marketed. And it also meant I wasn't really invested in the umbrella someone else chose for me to live under. Today's guest is also particularly interested in marketing tactics and how the words we use have a negative or positive impact on our clients and customers and our relationships with them. We are talking unethical marketing and how to flip that for something a little more sustainable and clean with Rachel Kujup. How's that? Not bad. Perfect. (laughs) welcome Rachel like where should we start like how about why you're so invested in talking about this topic I think it's a great place to start the reason why I'm so passionate about this probably similar to you Jay is because for years I did the same thing I love that you shared that in the intro I didn't want to say that I was a marketer even though I love marketing, have degrees in marketing and I spend a lot of my time in marketing because every time I said so people assumed I would be doing the bro marketing, you know, that sleeve. Yeah, selling them something. Uh, tactic uh, stuff that has got a bad rep and rightly so. And I was really sort of ashamed and shied away from it. But then I started realizing that if I just wrote great content and it sat there and I didn't market it, if I created something amazing and I didn't share it, all of those things, then it was pointless. And I was actually doing a disservice to myself my clients and my community. And I know it sounds weird coming from a marketing coach and a copywriter to say this, but I had to relearn what marketing was and fall in love with marketing again and realize that just because somebody else was doing it a certain way didn't mean that I had to follow along. I didn't have to do what everyone else was doing. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because I want my clients, students, community, you know, listeners here to realize that marketing isn't a bad thing. It isn't a gross thing. is isn't something you should avoid. It's something you should embrace and that you can take tactics, you can take what marketing is and you can make it work for you and your business. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. You can make it your own. Awesome. One of the things I think I really want people who are listening today to realize too is it works, right? Like you still have a business, even though you're not hard selling and triggering everybody to buy your stuff. Totally. I think of it more as serving. So I think it comes back to that mindset, right? Like instead of it selling and pushing yourself onto people and pushing your products onto people and your ideas onto people, you're serving. So every day I sit at my desk and think, how can I serve my clients? How can I make their lives easier? How can I share what I'm working on? How can I invite them into my world and show them, you know, how I do things and how it would be cool if they adopted it too or thought about it differently too. So I think it starts with that mindset because we have been told that bro marketing, the sleazy car, 
salesman marketing is the way to go and often that's all that we see around us we're sold to in that way because so many of us are afraid to show up and to market in a way that feels good to us and so we look around and think that's the way it's got to be but it doesn't have to be and I've never had any one of my clients or students or community say that I've done something gross or icky in fact I get thanked for sharing offers with them which is a fascinating mm. And I'm still like my mind is blown every time someone goes, thank you for sharing that. I didn't see that. This is perfect for me. Awesome. That's pretty awesome. So triggers, this is something that we get caught taught in copywriting 101. It's everywhere. So that concept of like hitting on the pain points, figuring out frustrations, paint that future picture of like ultimately missing out and their lives being dreadful if they don't have the thing. Like, why is that a problem? Why, why, I mean, (laughs) why is unethical a bit shit? Like, why do you feel like it's not the way to go, to go forward? I think it is important to address problems and it is important to point out that, you know, there may be a gap between where someone is and where they want to be. Mm -hmm. But I think there has been a large kind of push to really making someone want to cry into their morning coffee, right? Like leaving them feeling really desperate, um, like they've got it wrong, FOMO, um, that they're not going to make it. And instead of feeling empowered, inspired, in control of their lives. And I don't think that, you know, using triggers is particularly a bad thing. It's not a bad marketing tactic, but it's a lazy man's marketing tactic. Make someone feel like crap, present a product, tell them they need this, otherwise the world is going to end. They jump on it, they get it, and great for the business owner. They've made some money, but not so great for the customer or client because we all know, right, when we've been forced into make a purchase or to buy a product, we don't value it as much. We don't love it as much. We often don't take action. We don't get any transformation. And it's normally because we have feelings of, you know, worthlessness attached to it. We don't feel worthy. And who wants to make their clients feel like they're not good enough? Like we want them to get a transformation, right? We want them to have wins. We want them to get results. So I think there's nothing inherently wrong with it, but it's lazy when all we do is focus on all the negative, all of the problems, and we don't actually make people feel empowered and support them as smart human beings, like you said, Jay, to make informed decisions. We treat them like small children that need to be given a lolly because, you know, life's really (laughs) Given a lolly. That's really cute. So what do we do about it? Like, as we said at the top, there are ways to get results. There's still successful businesses running without using unethical tactics. Um, for example, some brands that have worked with me have chosen to only focus on gain points in their copy. So no negative messaging at all, only showcasing what there is to actually glean from doing a thing or buying a thing or having, um, having an influence in a life. So um, what, what do we, how do we flip that? Um, because, you know, like one of the things you mentioned is urgency. And that's a really interesting one because sometimes things really do have open and closed dates. But I think what has happened is we as consumers tend to trust them a little less because we're so used to seeing those Facebook ads that prior that promise something will close like month after month after month and it never really does. Well, I think the, the first point is honesty and transparency. If you want to do any marketing tactic any marketing at all coming from like a place of serving so if you really do have an open and close enrollment i currently do make that clear and then yes you can use tactics such as um you know 
countdown timers or saying doors are closing to encourage people to take action or to reach out to you if they're interested mm -hmm. but using them again for lazy marketing tactics because you don't want to like you said address the results in your marketing copy you don't want to build one-on-one -on -one relationships with your clients because no one seems to want to do that lately they just want to post a thing and have everyone lining up with their credit card which we know not necessarily to be true so i think what we need to realize is that marketing takes work marketing mm. is a two-way conversation and it's forming deep relationships with your clients customers community and if you're not willing to turn up and actually be vulnerable to be honest to be transparent you can't expect the same from your community so i think a lot of us are wondering why things aren't going well we're not getting as much results or clients or money and it's because we actually haven't taken the time to hang out with our community to ask them questions to have honest conversations and we are just putting these things out there expecting people to jump or react and like you said jay lots of people are just turning a blind eye to these tactics now like they don't work having you know countdown timers um flashing every 10 seconds saying every five minutes that you've got an offer and if they you know don't jump it's not going to you know it's going to disappear and they'll never get access to again when you know that you're going to launch it next year in 2021 it's mm -hmm. just really bad marketing and then i think it makes us fall into the trap which is we keep doing it because we don't know how to get ourselves out of it so we try oh, even yeah. harder and we use even more like scamming tactics to try and make up the loss that we believe we've you know accrued from doing these things in the first place mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think too i think sometimes people forget I guess, especially when somebody's launching something new or like, I don't want to, I don't want to land it uh, all of this kind of at all startups feet. That's not it. But whenever any, anybody's in some kind of transition and most of the time I'm working with service-based entrepreneurs. So of course they want to be in business the year after and the year after and the year after that, and they're selling themselves year after year after year. <clears throat> I think one of the things that they forget when they're in the midst of launching something new or creating or developing a course or something like that is that they want this thing that they sell to be the first step in a, like an ongoing relationship with another human for maybe the next 10 years of their business. You can trick somebody into buying your course for the first year and they might even get value out of it if it's great. But if you but then they're still going to be around the next time you launch the thing and they realize that whatever you were offering them as some kind of FOMO tactic to get them in isn't the truth, is that you've lost that relationship with that person. Like you've only got to go on a year's worth of dates and then they're like, oh, I don't really trust you anymore. And then you've lost the next nine years of relationship with them when that's not what you want. You want to continue to build things with people um, and for them to come along and want to buy all of your things that you that you put out because they trust you and because you deliver on your promises. That was, I'm just going to hop off my soapbox and let you talk now. <laughs> Definitely. And I love that you brought that up because I think, again, some of these tactics are brought about by the business owner themselves having a scarcity yeah. mindset. They're afraid, like, when is the next client going to come? When is the next person going to enroll in my course? And so 
when you come when you're selling again from that place as opposed to serving you mm. often do do these tactics and you're right you then burn bridges mm. and then you'll wonder why the next round no one enrolls in your course well because yeah. You made them feel gross. They didn't go out and talk about how amazing you were. They didn't do any, you know, referring for you, which again, these are really strong and important marketing tactics that everyone forgets. These are ethical marketing tactics that are great. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're right, then they're left with absolutely no one interested. And then what do they do? They start the process again, like I said, by creating a new course or a new product or a new program and going through the process. And how tiring is that as a mm -hmm. business owner? let alone as a community, let alone as like, you know, women, people trying to run a business to have a great life, to be ethical, to do better in the world. If we're constantly repackaged, you know, packaging things that aren't great in the first place, we're never going to get anywhere. No one is going to achieve what they want to achieve. And I know people listening to this podcast are amazing humans who really do want to do good in the world. Mm -hmm. And these things don't happen for our business or for our clients when we get stuck in a lousy, you know, client rut and marketing cycle. Mm. I think what you said before about being transparent too, there is a way to, I think people skip this too. I, like every, every Christmas I send an email out to my dream client list and they really are my dream clients. Like I only put people on the list that I've worked for before that I actually really like. So it's like tiny, it's like 68 clients or something like that. And every Christmas I send them an email and it basically gives them an opportunity to book in some editing hours, which I don't normally offer, um, which you can't find anywhere on my website, which is truthful. Can't find editing hours on my website. But it basically says, you know, like it's Christmas time. I want to do fun jobs with people that I've worked with before that basically are easy for me to do around wrangling kids. So this is the opportunity where if you've got something that's just like clunky or you've been looking at it for the whole last year and thinking, oh, I've got to do something about that, like take me up on this offer. There are definitely ways to tell the truth about like it's okay to say I'm offering you this because it's easy for me. It's not it's not untruthful. It's not gross. People can still choose not to do it. It's not like they're going to be thinking, well, if I don't do it by next Christmas, my whole business is going to be shit because that sales page has been sitting there for an entire year and it's working, obviously. Otherwise, they would have done something about it before. But there are definitely ways to communicate in a way that I think people forget that you're allowed to be a little bit human and say that there is something in it for you too as the business owner um, where, you know, like if, if there's a sale on because you've got excess stock and that is the truth. I'm up for that. I'm up for buying your stuff because you've got extra stock and you misordered or you ended up with too much of this one thing and you want to offload some of it. Like, great. Everybody wins. What do you sure. think about that? I, lo I love that approach. And I'm always very honest and truthful with my own marketing. And I think we have seen this, you know, tactic in air quotes, if you want to call it tactic, being transparent, honest about where you're at and how you can help and what you're looking to do or how you're looking to serve your clients. And a lot of people did that um, this year because of COVID-19, yeah. you know, photographers came on and said, look, I need money now to yeah. keep running my business. I know a lot of you said you wanted to book in, you know, over the next few months, would you be happy to book in now to keep my business afloat? And then obviously I'll pay up on the goods and yeah. you only do that. If you have established, like we said, that deep relationship, the no like and trust factor, which a lot of us are trying to create with these marketing tactics. And it's something that I do as well. So at the moment I have like 
a mini mind because I'm currently creating a new six month program, a mastermind. So people who finished my 12 week one-on-one course, they wanted extra steps. They wanted support. And I just mm -hmm. was honest and said, can we just try this out? Here's a low price, but it will cover my time. I'm not making a profit, but it's going to give me a really good chance to see what you need post this program. Yeah. And you know what? I've been doing it for six to eight months. Everyone's loving it. Everyone is getting a lot out of it. And now I know exactly what, what I yeah. want to create for my mastermind. And I've gone back to them and said, you know how I said I was going to create this mastermind? This is what I'm thinking. Are you in? Would you like to be a part of the market research? Would you like to be a founding member? And 80% of people have said yes and said yes awesome. within 20 minutes of me sending the post. And so again, that's a perfect example mm -hmm. of I was using a marketing strategy. Obviously, this is great for my business because I'm going to have repeat clients. They get to keep working with me. I love, love, love them. Just like you said, Jay, they're my favorite people. Mm -hmm. Guess what? We're creating something together. Am I going to mm -hmm. get paid? Yes. Are they going to get served and helped? Yes. Win-win. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with that. I love it. That's awesome. Um, one of my favorite Facebook downtime activities is screenshotting this certain ad. And it, it I reckon... So my, my mastermind and I, now I, I'm in a mastermind where there's no one kind of at the top. We're just, it's like a peer mastermind. And um, one, of our, one of our fun things to do is to find this ad on repeat and various brands do it. We must be up to about 12 now, I reckon, because it looks like somebody taught this back in 2019. It's been popping up for about the last two years. I can pretty much recite it off by heart. It's basically says we've launched a brand new course. You can apply to be a beta tester. It's valued at $4.97. It's always valued at $4.97. So that must be in the original script. Um, sign up this week and you get the course for $0. All you have to do is give us feedback as we go. This is perfect for, and then insert a massive list of service-based providers titles here. So it pretty much covers everybody that's reading anything on Facebook, right? The thing is, that is a lead magnet. That course is never sold for $4.97. It probably won't ever sell for $4.97. It's a freebie wrapped in a pretend number and that exact Facebook ad was repeated everywhere. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so much so that it's become a pastime of my mastermind group to screenshot it and share it to each other every single time. It gets a reinvention with a new brand. It pops up on somebody's feed. Um, and which kind of also leads into those sales pages which have that valued at $9 billion next to bonuses, which will never sell it for anywhere near that, right? You know, those big long sales pages at the bottom that have all the bonuses that yeah. say valued at $6.97 and valued at $5,000 billion. Why do you think that people think this is a good idea? Like, why do you think that well, like really smart people start businesses and buy into this? Do, do you think that regular folk really don't, do they think that regular folk don't see right through that? Because we're such consumers these days. We're so much, we're so much smarter than we ever used to be about being sold to. What do you think the the bottom the bottom note of fear is that makes people think that this is a good idea? I think it's a few different things, but the hearing you explain that and I know I have heaps of examples of myself that I screenshot and <laughs> roll my eyes and cry because I'm like oh my god why are people still doing this um I think the the thing is again it comes back to the business owner themselves that they don't feel confident in what they're doing and you know you'd know this Jay is like copyrights they don't want to stand out on their own they don't want to make bold statements they don't want to deliver great things they don't want to make us you know the draw a line in the sand they're mm. willing to sort of be vanilla and go in amongst the sea of people mm. and to do that you have to play 
in the same kind of space, which means often we're, like I said, sort of seeing the same marketing tactics over and over. And I'm going to be honest, I've tried that this year, you know, having different bonuses. I did not do the, you know, 20,000 million, trillion, billion worth for, a, you know, <laughs> rolling my costs for $1.97 or something stupid like that, yeah. which we're seeing. Um, you know, but I have tried putting some values to the bonuses. I have mm-hmm. tried adding different bonuses. I've been testing out so many things. And I think for most of my audience, it didn't really matter because the offer itself was genuine. The offer itself yeah. was complete. It was like the main meal. It was a full transformation. And so I think a lot of people are pulling different bits together, not quite sure what they're doing, not really confident to go out on their own and to make a claim. And then are sort of seeing that everyone else is doing this and wanting to play with everyone else in you know, the same field. And so therefore they're you know, adopting the same tactics and they don't actually know the difference between a good tactic or a bad tactic or why they're doing it. They just know that everyone else is doing it. And people are supposedly, you know, in air quotes, successful or having success off these ads. And so people feel like they are working, but there's no proof. There's no judge. There's no person coming around tapping on people's doors, asking them to actually show if these tactics are working. And we know most of them aren't. So I think it's the system as a whole and then business owners just not knowing what to do and not wanting to sort of stand out. And I've had that a lot. I've had a lot of people ask me questions about different things um, to do with marketing ethics to tactics, obviously, because I am trying to have a voice in this space and I don't get it right all the time. And I also reserve the right to change my mind because Mm -hmm. these things are changing all the time. Things that were good, like, you know, the post-it note wall, as a marketing tactic, maybe originally it was great. Now it feels like a trophy wall and something I would see in an American Pie movie, you know, back in the day. And it's more about the business owner, right? Like, look at me yeah. conquering my space and, yeah. you know, all that. I'm going to put it on about, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and less about the individuals that have joined and less thanking them, highlighting them, um, you know, getting excited about them. It's all about the business owner. But I believe that tactic originally was great and I do similar things but in a different way and so yeah I think it's hard to be like actually I'm not going to do this because you do get scared that you're going to not get hurt then or you're going to get left out yeah that's true I think when um when I did the last round of the Chris Coffee class I had um there was a bonus that like you never had to pay for membership and you were in the alumni group for forever basically if you left like if you've left the course that's fine um and if you wanted to come back in then you would just pay a monthly fee blah 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 but basically if you bought a live round you were in and in my questions that i ask people at the end of the course ask it through the course so that i don't kind of overload them at the end um but it says like was that was that a tempter for you the lifetime access and nearly every single person um, has said, oh, I didn't even realise that was a thing. So, like, <laughs> nobody even read it. And I spent <laughs> weeks thinking, what can I offer as an extra tempter? No, no one cares. No one cared at all. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. One of the things that you mentioned is the, like, let's go all in financially messaging, which is really prevalent, I think, in marketing, especially, especially marketing to teaching women entrepreneurs how to market. So that concept, if you don't remortgage your house, jump off the edge and build wings or as you go or some such rubbish, that you're not honoring the work that you really want to do in the world, Um, which I find just so interesting because in my lived experience and one of the reasons I have discovery calls for all of my one-on work and some of my higher price courses is that I know that people have to stretch too far to afford something 
have all kinds of emotion around that course or that work that just isn't necessary or helpful for me or for them. So like those clients tend to micromanage, they expect an eight module course will change their destiny. Like they're spending, they're spending too much before they're ready to spend that amount. And that only makes doing the actual work necessary to make a change so much harder. Um, so like one of the reasons I do discovery calls is that if people, if people sound as if they are having to take out a loan to afford me, then I'm going to actively discourage them <laughs> from hiring me because that work is going to be painful for everybody involved. On the flip side, I know what it's like to run a hungry business, zero dollars and a borrowed laptop. And I do think that there's merit in having sometimes to like dig in and make things happen with a tiny bit of money, but like, talk to me about what you think about that messaging that if you're not investing your life savings, you're not honoring, you're not real. Yeah. I'm going to call BS on this story, this narrative. And I think the reason why I'm going to say that, and I'm going to draw a line in the sand um, because I agree with you. I, if I have had people come to me who starting out who are incredible uh, women who I know that I could help and serve and would definitely improve their their business and you know help speed up their business growth but they couldn't afford the three thousand Australian dollars and they couldn't afford it even on a nine month um, yeah. plan which I've uh, you know had at the moment again because of COVID I've extended it's a you know 12 week course and so if you're at that stage where you're having to allow someone either, you know, to pay up all of this money and like you said, take a mortgage or have to have like, you know, 12 and 18th month payment plans for a 12 week course, I think there is something wrong with that. The person mm. isn't ready and that's completely okay because as our job as a business owner, isn't to solve every single problem that that person has to take them from A to Z, you know, what they eventually want in five or 10 years time. And I think a lot of business owners are over promising and that in their marketing. And so therefore people are coming to us and saying, well, why can't you get me from A to Z in 12 weeks? And like you said, they're so like hung up on that. They've got all of their hopes on that. They believe yeah. if they just did that one thing, everything is solved. And we would know as business owners who've been around for a while, we're always growing, always needing to invest to do more. And so that's why I want to call BS on this narrative, because even if they went all in and say, brought my course for $3,000, it is one small part. Yeah. It's going to help them create a signature service and the foundations. Is it going to help them do Facebook ads? No. Is it going to help them to like be amazing copywriters? No. Is it going to help them to sell in the DMs? Maybe, but not all the way. So it, they would take that money investment and then not get everything they wanted. And like you yeah. said, it just creates too many problems. So I think, yeah, we need to start calling BS in that. This rags to riches story comes back to journalism. Um, I'm a journalist um, and this idea that it kind of sells, right? We love to see the underdog come out on top. And so a lot of marketing copy is around this. Like I said, I'll get you from A to you know, Z in 12 weeks. And we're seeing it a lot more particularly with female business owners, you know, and young female business owners saying, you know, the first six months of business made a million dollars. How? What? Like, I don't know anyone who's done that. Like, let's be real. Oh, and I think they're people that have, but I bet you they invested a lot more than that to make their million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's and not like, profit. Know, no, that's what I mean. <laughs> so, like, when we say going off on all in financially yeah. like what are they getting at the end and it's not all about money and clients you know i talk about this a lot because 
that's what my programs focus on. Um, but you know, there's mindset things, there's just general growth, building teams, there's so much more to this. I think there's also like, one of the reasons you start a business is to have choice and freedom. And like, for me, it's choice to work with the people that I want to work with, the brands that I want to promote, but also like my life has to be more joyful than it was as an employee. Like that's it. That's fundamentally what it is. I, I have to enjoy my days more than the job that I didn't particularly hate. I didn't love it at the end, but you know what I mean? Like there has to be something in it where like, I just feel good about my work every single day. It can still be hard work, but you have to still fit, have a bit of joy. Sometimes I say to my people, like, they're like, should I write this thing? Because I feel like this and I have this standpoint and it doesn't really fit with my business thing. And I'm like, sometimes you just get to write what you want. Like who said that? It's not, a, it's not all about like, does it have to convert to a paying client? No. Do you want to write a blog about something? Go write a blog about something. When did we suck the joy out of all of it? I know we've just focused so like solely on money now. It's just all about money, which I've always found super interesting because, you know, if I just walked up to someone in the street and said, how much money do you make? Would you invest in this program for 10 10k would you take out a credit card to hang out with me and they'll be like who are you doing people on the internet and i've worked at a bank and i've been a bank teller and worked in financial services so i've seen like the other side too and i've worked in private equity etc and i just it's mind-blowing to me how you know traditionally we keep all of this stuff on the down low but now as solopreneurs and particularly women because i think we are trying to embrace you know having money to having success it's just gone overboard that's all we ever talk about is how much money we have we don't have how much we want to make and you're right we don't talk about joy or like i said doing good in the world loving what we do helping others it's just like can i have your credit card details thanks bye all right so what are your favorite ethical marketing practices like what you know, we're both copywriters. So I'd love to end these episodes with a bit of like, here's a thing you can actually go and do. So um, what do you, what do you think people who are listening should actually go and implement instead of one of the things that they maybe have already been trying? I think you should show up and be really honest and truthful next time you want to do a sale instead of doing a marketing tactic you know urgency doors are closing you know a countdown timer charm pricing do what you um suggested jay like in your example what i did actually write a post an email send a dm get on a phone call and say hey this is what i'm thinking of offering or doing or i saw that you had this problem or i saw that you posted this and i thought i could help you would you like to chat about how i can help you and they know that there'll be money involved and then being honest about it if they say yes and in you know ask for the invitation obviously to have that conversation if they say yes i want to hang out with you chat to you more then you know just have an honest conversation this is what i'm thinking this is how it would go down this is how much it would cost this is what you would get are you in and again if they said yes then you can wait for permission and you know sign it off with like a credit card or invoice or whatever you do but i guess i just want people to practice having honest open conversations about exchanges of services of products of sales and to keep inviting people to continue that conversation with you instead of doing one email 
or spamming people in the DMs and expecting things to happen to actually have these one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. And like I said, inviting them to work with you and then waiting for permission to keep moving them down the sales funnel. And this, like I said, can be really simple. Like, can I just tell you about this thing I'm thinking about? Wait for the yes or yeah, please send me a DM, anything, but don't just force yourself and your marketing and all these tactics onto people and then sit back and wonder what's going wrong and then keep doing it like stop and think about what you could be doing better mm, lovely i love it thank you you pretty much just gave us a really good structure for a sales page too so that was super helpful <laughs> <laughs> yay i was just the copywriter i was just channeling the copywriter I love it. Well, thank you very much, Rachel, for being with us. Um, everybody who's listening, Rachel did not want to take us out today, so I'm doing it. Uh, may your day be so crisp as crisp as how pure your marketing soul will feel if you choose not to be an unethical beast. Um, this has been so crisp. My guest has been Rachel Kujup. Rachel teaches multi-passionate women how to build businesses that support their lifestyle, create content with confidence and clarity and launch profitable signature services and products so that they can have a sustainable and unstoppable business. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.